From the studios of Boise State Public Radio News, I'm Gemma Gaudet. More Idaho Matters right now. With Valentine's Day just around the corner, love is in the air, which means it's time to break out the flowers and chocolate and, you know, head to prison. Yes, you heard me right. The old Idaho Penitentiary is hosting a day of romance, and what better way to celebrate than behind bars with your sweetheart? where you'll get to learn all about the couples who were locked up before you. So joining us now to talk more about this event is J.C. Brain, the Visitor Services Coordinator at the Old Idaho Pen. Hi, J.C. Hey, Gemma. I have to say, what a way to spend Valentine's Day all locked up. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, it's a tradition here at the Old Idaho Penitentiary. Yeah. So for those who aren't really familiar with the Old Idaho Pen, can you give us a little bit of background um, on, on the site? Yeah, so the old Idaho Penitentiary has become, you know, one of the most visited uh, historic sites and and destinations to check out here in in Boise and Idaho. It was open from 1872 to 1973 as a working prison, and so that included pre-Idaho territorial days before Idaho became a state in 1890, and then it served as the state penitentiary until 1973 when it moved to the uh, current facility. Okay, and it's so been a museum in- ever since. Yeah. Yeah, and I have to say, it is. I I love the old Idaho pen. I think it's such a, it's so neat to go in there to see to learn about the history and all of that. And one piece of history that maybe people um aren't necessarily familiar with is that the prison actually housed men and women while it was open. Correct. That is correct. It was the all encompassing state penitentiary, so uh, men, women, and uh, and children as well. Now. I'm assuming that there was separation with the men and the women. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, not at, um, not quite so much at first. Uh, mm-hmm. There was less separation at first until they realized they needed a, a separate women's ward. And that's why when you come in to visit the site, you'll see an actual women's ward out in our uh, adjacent to the main site out in the parking lot. Okay, so tell us about some of the couples who actually serve time together, because I have to say, this is new information to me. I didn't know about this. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. There were a number of couples who committed crimes together and ended up being incarcerated at the same time, and mostly, you know, separated as far as uh, mm-hmm. which ward they were in, of course. But we uh, we've told some of these stories during Romancing the Pen each year, and it's a great opportunity to kind of bring those out. So for instance, Joseph and Virginia Lovelace, uh, incarcerated in 1954, they were married in Nevada and committed a series of crimes across the U.S. from Oklahoma to California to Idaho. Once they were here in Idaho in Canyon County, they forged over $600 in checks. And they were, you know, living, living well off this, but when the you know, authorities came to their house, Virginia denied knowing what the purpose of all the check forging tools around their house, uh, you know, were and, and what they, uh, um, what they, what they were being used for. And so uh, Joseph what kind of took the blame there, but they were both incarcerated for forgery and Virginia was paroled first. But uh, when she was paroled, she said that Joseph was a good guy everything a guy should be and that they would get back together after his release. But when he was released just uh, a little bit later, he actually ended up having to go to Oklahoma to face similar charges there. Hmm. And anyone else stand out to you couples wise? Yeah. uh, One story I always, I always think is, is fascinating. And, um, and 
um, a little more a little more harrowing. Uh, the story uh-huh. of J.M. and Rebecca Chacon, who um, in 1921 were attending a dance in Pocatello, and they were a, a prominent Pocatello couple. Rebecca was dancing with a man named uh, Pedro Valdez and uh, began arguing with him, and she actually uh, pulled out a um, a firearm and shot Pedro oh. three times, including in the abdomen. And in the heat of this, her husband, J.M. Chacon, pulled a gun to defend Rebecca, and ended up shooting Pedro in the head. So they both, you know, together uh, killed this man. And there was significant mm-hmm. media attention um, due to the, again, the couple's prominence in Pocatello. They served some time. Um, again, this was in 1921. So not a whole lot of time. JM received an unconditional pardon in 1923. And Rebecca was pardoned in 1924, but her pardon was not unconditional. She was uh, required to leave the U.S. Oh, wow. Huh. Okay. Yeah, so, and that's the only talk- instance we have of a of a deportation. Yeah. Okay. So so talk to us too about um, there are some love letters as as well. Now this will be at the event, and I love the name of it, "Romancing the Pen." But right. um, were these were these written by couples within the pen, or was it you know um you know someone sending a love letter to a lo- to a loved one? Right. Yeah, we're fortunate to have these artifacts and, you know, it's unique in that we don't have them out that often. But we call the exhibit prison uh, penitentiary penned. And it's letters that we found to and from loved ones. So sometimes they're between couples, but also Mm -hmm. between uh, family and, you know, daughters, sons, things like that. So, you know, we have a a really long letter from... uh, uh, Leroy Rice, who was in for forgery in 1921, um, in 1919 from his parents uh, to him. And the mother actually included a a lock of her hair in the letter in order to, uh, you know, as a as a comfort object. Right. And Mm -hmm. in addition, uh, we have a letter from uh, Juana Wilson's daughter, and it was actually written to the Board of Corrections. Uh, she was incarcerated for robbery in 1925 for um, a Washington County crime. And she was asking for more information about, you know, her mother's her mother's time and her history. And the clerk who wrote back was worried about telling her things that maybe she might not have known about her mother, uh, about her crime and her indiscretions. And the daughter wrote back, you know, that, she was nothing was going to surprise her that you know her mom was kind warm and witty and endlessly searching to fill a void of love and someone to love her and and uh often didn't do uh the right things in order to fill that void and so there's really heartwarming and humanizing stories packed into Mm -hmm. these artifacts what is, what is it like for you, JC, to to read, you know, these these letters in particular, right? Because as you said, I, I mean, I think sometimes, especially when you go to these, you know, to these historical sites like like prisons, you, you hear the salacious, right? And the ghost stories and all of this type of thing. And yet, you know, we sometimes forget about the humanity, not ne- maybe not necessarily of the incarcerated, but the fact that they were loved, they have family members. We think it's so important to remember that, and that's a primary focus of our programming and what we're doing. You know, obviously, we welcome the folks who are 
looking to to get that evening experience and explore what kind of paranormal activity might lurk here but Mm -hmm. we through our exhibits see a duty to to cover the human experience that Mm -hmm. made up the penitentiary's history right because um just as much as the sandstone blocks are um are part of the the site's construction the 13,000 people who were incarcerated there are just as much of that construction, right? And so mm-hmm. we are able to, through things like this, see, yes, that they were people who uh, committed, you know, any number of indiscretions from lighter, you know, less less serious things that, you know, anyone might find themselves in a situation of that sort to... um to more serious crimes but each one of them is a person and each one of them had uh people other people whose stories um who they affected through their stories whether that be victims whether that be loved ones uh, family members friends who they left behind so i want to know a little bit more about the event itself and what people can expect jc Yes, of course. The Romancing the Pen is actually a long-running event that we've held at the Old Idaho Penitentiary Valentine's Day every year, so always on February 14th. And it's uh, you know, a two for $14 special as uh um, although you can buy individual passes as well to come see the the pop-up exhibits that we only offer on this night. And we offer complimentary guided tours throughout the night so you can hear more stories from our guides. But we also throw up some, uh, some great photo opportunities and a slideshow presentation with more of these stories of couples along with the, the Love Letters pop-up exhibit and other uh, special treats that you can only experience during a the February 14th visit. And I'm assuming tickets are still available, folks. Can can they get them at the door or yes, go online? Yes, they can get them at the door both? for sure. All right. Well, it is always such a pleasure to chat with you about what's going on at the Old Idaho Pan. I really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah, it's always a pleasure, Gemma. We appreciate being invited. Thanks so much for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jama Gaudet. We'll see you tomorrow. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.